Wholesaling Studios, powered by RumbleOn.com. Start your engines. This is the Chasing Checkers Podcast with Chase McKay on Nashville's best sports talk, ESPN 1025 The Game. That's right. Welcome in Chasing Checkers, ESPN 1025 The Game. Streaming on the Game Nashville app as well. I hope you're having a wonderful racing weekend as we get ready for Indianapolis. It's the cutoff race. It is the end of the regular season after the throwback weekend at Darlington. And it's going to be the last time that they close out the regular season at Indy. Next year, of course, it goes to Daytona. So that's going to be fun as well. But looking forward to a a nice race from Indianapolis with this rules package, I want to see how it's going to go. You'll hear from a couple of drivers that will join the show this week. Brad Keselowski of Penske and also Ryan Newman. So that coming up here in just a little bit. But right now we have to, of course, recap the craziness that was throwback weekend at Darlington. And I got to tell you, I was impressed because they got hit with the rain close to around the time they were supposed to start the race. The fans stayed. It was a Sunday night Labor Day weekend, they were like, we don't have to work tomorrow. We paid good money to be here, so we're going to stay. And they did. The race ended at like 2 a.m. Eastern time, and you can hear the crowd just excited uh, for Eric Jones as he wins the race. And, you know, they, they didn't leave. They didn't leave. They hung out. And they cheered, and it, it was a great product on NBCSN. I know the TV ratings took a hit for it because, you know, it was so late. I stayed up and watched it. It was a fun race, and Eric Jones gets his first win of the year. I, I think it was last week or the week before I was talking about him that, it, you know, it's got to be coming. It's got to happen at some point. And then it is announced uh, on Friday that he ends up signing a contract extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. The rumors have been out there. Is he leaving the 20? Is Christopher Bell going to take over? Is he going to the 95? He's staying. He is staying at Joe Gibbs Racing, has signed a contract extension. So congratulations to Eric Jones. And as I mentioned, the crowd was into it. He caught up with NBC as he got out of the race car and uh, was excited to be headed to Victory Lane. Yeah, I mean, I'm wore out just uh, mentally and physically, um, more mentally than anything. But Kyle was really running hard, and, uh, you know, he's one of the best guys out there. And our sport clips Camry was good, but, man, I was pedaling as hard as I could and just glad to hold him off and uh, finally get to Victory Lane. I feel like it's been coming for us for a long time, so it just feels really good. You had all the speculation this year about what was going to happen next year. What kind of answer is this for you to win a crown jewel event like this, Eric? Is there anything more to say? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's been a lot of doubt and a lot of speculation, and I put my heart and soul into into this and this race team, and this is my living and, and how I want to make a career and what I want to do. And uh, it doesn't get any better on my list. This race is really high, and it's going to – Look damn good to see my face on that trophy. Hey, how about these Darlington fans who stayed through the rain delay? It's almost 2 a.m., Eric, and they're still here. Packed house. Oh, thank you guys for coming. You're welcome to stay up all night with me because I guarantee I ain't going to bed. Eric Jones with Marty Snyder of NBC. After his win, and again, it was announced today that he has signed a contract extension with Joe Gibbs Racing. He will be the driver of the number 20 Toyota Camry for the 2020 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season, or I should say the NASCAR Cup Series season because Monster Energy going away. But he will be the driver of that number 20. He's talented, man. He, he is a talented driver, 
it's another one of those examples, I believe, where maybe he moved up a little too fast and had to grow into it. Not to mention they changed the rules package on him. So it's just taken him some time. And now he's won two races at Daytona and Darlington, two of the most historic tracks on the circuit. So I would say this guy knows how to win. And this one was, you know, Daytona was was obviously special. It was his first win, and, and you have to be be a talented driver to win there. But Darlington is such a tough track. I mean, it is it is one of the hardest tracks, if not the hardest track on the schedule. It beats up a driver, and he's able to go and, and I believe it's second, maybe third attempt there and get it done and uh, was actually asked in his post-race press conference of why he was able to be successful so fast at Darlington. I think more of it's just the tracks I grew up racing are real similar to this place. I relate this place a lot to uh, a place called Winchester up in Indiana and a place called Berlin up in Michigan and, and two different tracks in a lot of ways. But Berlin was really tough on tires and Winchester, I ran a real similar line there actually to what I run here. Um, you know, most of the time I run a real low line around here which is a little off, I guess, for most, but, you know, it works pretty good for uh, for myself and kind of learned that at Winchester Race and Late Models, and this is the one track where I feel like my short track stuff really transfers over and as far as saving tires and managing your stuff, and uh, that's what makes it fun. You know, I've always been a fan of Darlington, and I think my maybe my age helped with uh, the fact we finished at 2 a.m. <laughs> more than anything, you know. Um, this is about the time I'm, you know, waking up. I, I feel good right now, so... Um, no, it's awesome, man. I mean, the Southern 500 is one that real high on my bucket list of races to win in my career, and it sure feels good to get one this early. Gets it done on Sunday night, uh, or really into Monday morning, at the Darlington Raceway. So it was a fun race. He had to beat out his teammate, Kyle Busch. And uh, as you can imagine, Kyle Busch is going to be happy for his teammate, but he's going to be disappointed in running second. I feel like if you are a third, I should say, if you if – you, Talk to Kyle Busch, and he finishes top 10. He'll be all right. But if it's second, third, somewhere in there, you can tell that he's frustrated. And and we all remember at the end of the race, he was basically riding around the wall. He discussed that with NBC. So Kyle fought hard from that final restart and against your teammate, of course, before the little wall contact. Describe for us trying to get Eric Jones. Ah, you just can't get there with this package, you know, just um, such a one-lane racetrack. There's not enough options. There's not enough grooves that you can get enough air on your car to uh, to close that gap and, and make that pass. We kind of lost control of the race there on pit road when we uh, came down the leader and then came out third. And uh, I thought if we could just keep in touch with those guys and, and keep close to them, then, um, you know, we might be able to out-pit road them at the end of the race. And uh, we did one of them, but not not the other one. So, um, overall, good day. And, um, you know, Snickers Camry was was fast and uh, was the best we've run here in a long, long time. So, that was fun. It was nice to uh, lead some laps, be up front like that. But I hated that, um, you know, we we got behind on pit road and then we couldn't make it up on the track. That kind of sucks. Before you caught in there at the end, were you doing a little conserving, trying to save a little bit to try to get him? Yeah, when he started to inch out a little bit, I was trying to save my right front because I knew my right front wasn't going to make it the whole rest of the way without me knocking the wall down. And um, I was right. Uh, I hit the wall with about four to go, and then I hit it again with three to go, and um, that was it killed it that time. And uh, luckily we were able to salvage a third, just dragging the fence for the last two laps. I don't think I've ever seen NASCAR not throw a caution in that scenario. Oh, yes, I have. That's right. I blew a left front tire at California in an Xfinity race, and we had to finish the whole last lap. So it doesn't surprise me. 
He's seen a lot. Ran strong here tonight at Darlington. Kyle Busch with Dave Burns of NBC. And yeah, not not happy with NASCAR. NASCAR didn't throw the caution. And he doesn't like the rules package, which he's been vocal about. Uh, he is the regular season champion. He has clinched that. So congratulations to him once again, because second year in a row that he's done that. But you can tell Kyle Busch wants to go and win the whole thing. He's got the one, and everyone puts an asterisk by it. So he's he is determined to go and, and win this championship. The thing that's interesting to me is I hear these drivers, and you know we'll talk to Brad Keselowski and Ryan Newman here in a little bit. And I hear these drivers complain about this rules package. And what's curious to me, and and I plan to bring this up, from my point of view, I enjoy it. I enjoy the racing. I've, I've enjoyed this season. I feel like the racing is much, much better. There are obviously aspects about it that I don't understand. You know, it's less horsepower, but they're side by side, and you're seeing contact be made, but not everybody wrecks, and so it, it's a little bit of old school. Now, do I think they have some tweaks they can make in the off season to make this better, and then with the Gen 7 car coming up in a couple of years? Absolutely, but I have enjoyed the product. I personally have enjoyed the product. Some of you have tweeted at me at Chase on Game saying that you you haven't. They they still need to fix some things. But TV ratings are showing a slight uptick. Attendance is showing an uptick. The racing seems to be better. NASCAR is at least listening. Now, then I hear drivers like Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch and some others that just aren't fans of it and they want to see some changes my hope is they can all get together at the end of this season get in a room get some of the drivers get nascar and just talk and say hey we like this we don't like this ask questions well why don't you like this why do you need more horsepower explain it and then come to a consensus because at at the end of the day i mean these are the guys driving the cars and and they need to be happy but at the same time you got to put something on for the fans that the fans are going to enjoy so everybody you're not going to make everybody happy but you need to try and get everybody on the same page at least somewhat so i'm hoping that nascar can figure out a way to do that uh here in the near future in the you know in the off season something like that kyle larson comes home second at darlington and you keep thinking he's going to find a win at some point but uh, he ends up coming home second, and he uh, caught up with NBC. Well, it winds up being in second place for Kyle Larson and leading 44 laps tonight. And, man, you had control of the race at times. But what was the neat, the thing you needed at the end to be able to get the uh, 20 there? Uh, Eric did a good job on that last restart to get by me. And um, I was better than him all throughout that run. It's just, yeah, I couldn't ever do anything with him just because the dirty air was really bad. You know, wore out surface, and then the, the groove's already narrow, and it was just extra difficult. Uh, you know, I felt like both 18 and I were a little bit better than he was at the end, but uh, couldn't do nothing with him. So um, that part of it was frustrating, but still, you know, good to have a good run. Uh, you know, good day for, you know, our Clover Chip and Aster Racing team. So let some laps and, and was able to challenge, you know, a little bit there at the end. So, uh, wish we could have got it done, but uh, you'll come away with another top three at the Southern 500. It's not too bad. Big news. You're locked in. Does that make you breathe a little easier heading to Indianapolis next week? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I felt like we'd have a, you know, we were going to have a good shot to make it You know, after the, the last few weeks we've had. So um, would have been nice to get a win today. But, uh, yeah, good to be locked in and, and you look ahead to the playoffs. You know, we've been running really strong here lately, so just got to keep it going. Winds up being second for Kyle Larson, and he is in the playoffs in 2019. Kyle Larson with Marty Snyder of NBC, and yes, you heard that. He is one of the drivers that is locked in, and I he's 
they just need to find something extra because now his teammate has won. The one car that hadn't won in a long time has found victory lane. Kurt Busch has won. Kyle Larson has not. And I don't want to see such a talented driver, you know, just be looked at as, okay, well, he's good, but is he just going to finish second? He never wins. He, I mean, he just, it's hard for him to find victory lane. And I feel like we're kind of, that's kind of where we are. So he, he hasn't been able to find uh winner's circle this year and we'll see if he can do it. He's got um, 11 more races to get it done. Indianapolis this weekend could be the place. So we will find out with Kyle Larson. When we come back, we'll continue to wrap up Darlington and also look at some potential uh, scenarios, playoff things. You'll hear from some other drivers that are going to be on the bubble as we go into Indianapolis. Again, Brad Kislowski, Ryan Newman coming up a little later in the show as well. It's Chasing Checkers, ESPN, one or two five the game. Back here, Chasing Checkers, ESPN 1025, the game streaming on the Game Nashville app as well. You can find us on iTunes, rate, subscribe, review. Just search Chasing Checkers uh, in the podcast store on iTunes. And uh, again, the GameNashville.com on demand every Friday afternoon as well. We talk all things NASCAR and auto racing here on the show. Brad Keselowski, Ryan Newman coming up in just a little bit. But wrapping up our conversation about Darlington and Eric Jones getting it done. And look, he showed me some things that I don't really think he's necessarily going to win the championship this year. The, the playoffs are set up that you never know. Somebody gets hot, and this could be the jumping off point for him to, to do that. But I look at the standings uh, going into the playoffs, going into Indianapolis, and I mean, you, you look at the win totals. Kyle Busch has four wins. Denny Hamlin has four wins. Martin Truex Jr. has four wins. His three teammates have combined together uh, to win 12 races, and now Eric Jones jumps in and gets one as well. Joey Logano, you know, he's the defending champion. He got hot into the, into the playoffs and was able to win uh, his title. Kevin Harvick has been running better. Ke- Brad Keselowski with three wins on the season. Chase Elliott, Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman. So, it's wide open, but Eric Jones has put himself in a good position to have some momentum now as they head into the playoffs and, again, was very excited when he entered Victory Lane and talked to NBC. Man, I bet that Gatorade shower feels just fine here in Victory Lane at Darlington. When you look at this paint scheme, a throwback to your rookie season in the late model, to now be sitting here with a crown jewel under your belt, what does that mean to you? Well, it's uh, pretty special. You know, 100 start, I guess. Uh, sometimes funny things happen, right? And 100 start, we're in victory lane with uh, my first ever scheme on a big car, so it's pretty special. And uh, thanks for Sport Clips let me run that. That uh, meant a lot to me and my family. My mom's here for this one. That's great. Um, but all my partners, man, I'm so happy for them. DeWalt, Craftsman, Reeser, Stanley, Circle K, Interstate, Toyota. Just sticking with me through this. It's been a, a big year of speculation and, you know, maybe moving around. And we'll be, uh, I don't think there's much more to say than this right here. So it was pretty good. You mentioned the trophy and the iconic names, the biggest in this sport that adorn it. What's it going to be like to have your face next to him? And it's, uh, it's going to feel pretty special. Here's uh there's a lot of great names on there, and this is one of those races for me that always has held a special place. When you think of NASCAR for myself, I think of, of Darlington and this tough place, and I'm drained. I'm mentally drained. I'm physically drained. I just, uh, man, I'm so happy right now to be here, and can't wait to celebrate with these guys, get back to 
home and celebrate my friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. Long night, but worth the wait for Eric Jones. Congratulations. Eric Jones with Kelly Savas of NBC in Victory Lane. And again, he has signed a contract extension now with Joe Gibbs Racing. He will remain the driver of the number 20 next year. So I would assume with Matt DiBenedetto leaving the 95, does that mean Christopher Bell? is going to end up being the driver of that as he makes the move to Cup is is kind of what everybody is speculating. Who knows? So Eric Jones has put him – he was pretty much already in in the playoffs, but he's put himself in a really good position now with a win. So he is in. What does that mean for some of the other drivers? And I will start with the most notable one, that is Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson right now is outside of the playoffs. He is 18th in points. He is behind Daniel Suarez and Ryan Newman, who are currently tied for that 16th and final spot. So Jimmy Johnson is on the outside looking in, going into Indianapolis, a place that he has won. He is good there, but as we know, this has not been a great year for Jimmy Johnson in general. And it it really started with the seventh championship year. They didn't run great. He just got hot at the right time and was able to get it done in the playoffs. So they have had some struggles and he was asked about his position going into Indy. Yes, exactly. And let's be honest, I had at least 15 years with a lot of luck on my side. Seven, seven great years with championships, and to have two or three bad ones is just part of it. Um, you know, I keep saying we're getting better, and I think tonight we showed it from the way we qualified, how we ran in both stages, sitting in fourth when the melee took place down in turn three, and just nowhere to go. All right, so how do you view Indianapolis? You're going to go in 18 points down, a must-win scenario in all likelihood. Do you feel that way, or do you feel like there's a, a points path to be able to get your way in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we're running out of days, and you know, if we miss it, it's just going to be by a few, I believe. Um, and I can look back over the first half of the season and see a lot of races where we we gave away a few points. So, you know, it's kind of unfair to put all the pressure on one race at Indy, but it, it is what it is, and we're going there to win the race. Um, you know, I felt like we could have been, you know, top three, top four tonight here and really helped ourselves, but it is what it is. At least my car looked cool. Very, <laughs> very happy to have that throwback Ally Chevrolet and all the support from my, my family and friends, and we'll go to Indy and pull them tight and see what happens. Jimmy Johnson with Marty Snyder of NBC, and, you know, I liked how he started that. Because something that Jimmy Johnson has done a pretty good job of is when everybody makes comments like, well, you had bad luck, or, you know, what's going on with the 48? He acknowledges, we had a lot of good luck for a long time. I mean, how many jokes did you hear about finding the rabbit's foot or, you know, finding the good luck charm, the four-leaf clover for the 48 team? They won seven championships. I mean, he had such a dominant run, and I'm not saying that it's over. It, 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 it would appear that it might be, but I still think there's some winning left to do for that 48 team because they have been running better. They just haven't finished well. It, it's kind of like a football team. Um, the, the score sometimes is not indicative of the performance. Sometimes you, you, know, you score more points, but if you break it down and look at the film, okay, the team played better than, than they had been or better than people thought they would. I think Jimmy Johnson is running a lot better than people give him credit for, and if they miss it, it's not going to be by a lot. The problem is now is he's pretty much in a position where he's got to win. If he wins this weekend, then he's in. It's going to knock somebody else out, but you know, Kyle Larson is in on points. It looks like William Byron will be in. Uh, he's in a good position right now. Ryan Blaney is in on points. Bowman has won a race. Jones just won a race. Almarola is is on the cutoff line, and, and so it's Clint Boyer. So there are going to be a lot of a lot of different 
racers running for this final spot, these final spots, and they're going to be trying to go and and win. Now, another exciting uh, part of this is Ryan Newman and Daniel Suarez. They had a run in at Darlington last week. They are tied in points now, and both of them spoke after the race on the incident. And, of course, you'll hear from Ryan Newman uh, on with me in just a little bit. I don't. I have to replay and watch it. Um, I, he had me jacked up going into the corner, and then um, they said he hit me, but um, pretty much and called for. Um, you know, he was struggling to catch me there for a while, and finally got to me, and then just turned me around. Whether he hit me or not, he turned me around. So um, I guess uh, what comes around goes around. The odd part of that is you will now go into Indy tied with him for the last spot in the playoffs. So, yeah, I know you don't approach Indy any differently, but it is going to be a pressure-packed race for you and the 16. I'm used to that. I'm good with that. <laughs> I, my car is clean. And, uh, you know, we always race very hard. Already knew him. He's very well known for racing extremely hard. He's one of the hardest guys to pass out there, and I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, it was, I think, the second time or third time I was trying to pass him, getting into a one, and he was just blocking me. And that time I, I, I got him aero loose, but I didn't touch him. My car is 100% clean, but uh, that's kind of racing, you know. Uh, he raised me hard, I raised him hard back. All right, so the bigger pictures, you're in a dead heat now with Ryan as we go to the final regular season race at Indianapolis. How do you like your chances sort of head-to-head to come away with a spot? We should be good. I love Indianapolis. One of my favorite racetracks, so... Let's go out there, have some fun, and uh, hopefully we can we can uh, be all in after Indianapolis because right now it's been it's been a deal of racing points and trying to be smart and trying to race sometimes 95 percent, sometimes 100 percent, sometimes 90 percent. I can wait to to finish Indianapolis, hopefully in the in the good side of things, and, uh, and go go fight hard. Brian Newman followed by Daniel Suarez uh, with the NBC crew and. You heard Ryan Newman, what goes around comes around. You know we're going to talk about that when he comes on the show here in just a few minutes. But Daniel Suarez is somebody that I thought was was going to be in victory lane by now. I just I liked the chemistry that he had with the 41 bunch when he came over from Joe Gibbs Racing. I felt like losing a ride and getting a, a second chance was going to uh, invigorate him a little bit. And it's not that he's in a bad position. I mean, he's 16th in points. He's in a position to make the playoffs right now. But I just felt like that they would win. Now, with all that said, Stuart Haas Racing did a lot of winning last year and hasn't been that way this year. So they have had you know their struggles. Kevin Harvick is the only one that has found victory lane. Then he has the two wins. Uh, you know, Clint Boyer's been hanging around, but he's he's kind of struggling. Daniel Suarez, you know, hasn't found victory lane. Uh, so I understand. There's you know there's. It's tough for them right now. The 10 car as well of Eric Almarola looking for a win. But maybe they can build a little momentum and get some cars in the playoffs. Speaking of Clint Boyer, we talked to him a few weeks ago before Bristol. He said, we need to go out there and just win. And uh, he spoke about his night at Darlington and what has to happen in Indy. So for Clint Boyer, it wasn't the night he was hoping for, but you end it eight above the cut line. Clint, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, we definitely took care of business. Um, I made a mistake there at the end. The guys were doing such a great job in the pits. Um, I got on, you know, the pits really well, and, and I tried to, it's the last stop, it's a money stop. I tried to help them every bit, every much as I could, getting into the box and slid over the hose, and it was unfortunate. It was a timely cost, you know, uh, costly error on my part, but uh, again, we took care of business and did what we needed to do we we lost a little ground on my part last week in bristol and uh you know this rust truck center's uh mobile one ford was was good we were up and down you know if i could uh 
if I could not race anybody on the front side of a run, I could hold on and be good at the end and not really have to use my brakes, not lean on the front tires. But, uh, you know, we just fought front turn all night long. But challenging on a racetrack, not your typical, you know, uh, Darlington for me. I, I couldn't run the outside at all. I was much faster on the bottom. But um, it was fun. Clint Boyer with Dave Burns of NBC on what he has to do. This just hasn't been the year for Stewart House Racing. I mean, it hasn't been the year for Clint either. Uh, 15th in points. He's uh, to the good right now. Again, we'll hit some clinching scenarios a little later on in the show. But uh, I, it's going to be fun to watch at Indianapolis some of these cars racing for the final spot. I would say it's going to be fun. If one of those guys can win, then you push somebody out. Uh, that was in on points. So you know they're going to be running for the win. The guys that are are in, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, they don't have wins on the year, so they're going to be fighting to try and get to victory lane. So it's going to be interesting uh, to watch. Before we get to Brad Keselowski and Ryan Newman, Dale Earnhardt Jr. ran the Xfinity race last week at Darlington and then, of course, was in the booth uh, late at night. I thought it was really cool to have him with Kyle Petty and Dale Jarrett for – the uh, sec- the second segment of the race, just to have those guys telling stories. Listen to this reaction when Dale Earnhardt Jr. gets out of the car after finishing on the track six, but ends up getting an official fifth-place finish because Denny Hamlin was disqualified. Listen to this reception. He ended up signing some autographs afterwards. I had a lot of fun. I appreciate all these fans coming out here to Darlington. Man. They love this place. They love you. Yeah, we love it, man. We love Darlington. Kerry Tharp and all the people doing such a great job. Tomorrow's going to be an awesome day for the whole sport. And uh, proud of uh, Taylor and our whole team for bringing a really good car here. Thanks to Hellman's for allowing us to do the uh, throwback. Uh, shout out to my dad. Also, a shout out to. <laughs> also, a shout out to the Negree family, Ed Negree, Norman Negree, who owned this race car back in '75. Uh, just thanks for everybody's support, and I uh, hope they enjoyed the race. It was a fun one. Are you pleased with everything you did today, Junior, behind the wheel? Yeah. You know, you just never know how good you are till you come back and try it. This is elite. You know, these guys are elite. All these guys in this field do this every single week, and they're very, very talented. So to think you can take a whole year off and come back and be good is, is uh, overthinking it. So you just never know. So I wasn't too sure, but we did all right. Dale Earnhardt Jr. after a fifth-place finish in the Xfinity Series race. And just with everything that's happened to him over the past month, that was awesome. You, you, you always hope for wins, but a top five and listen to the, the crowd. And they do love him. And uh, I was listening to an interview that he did on Sirius XM of, of talking about you know, wanting to pass the torch to, to the next generation and for the fans to you know find their, their next driver and business opportunities and things like that. He's still the man. I mean, he's still the the name, the big name in NASCAR, and is always going to be synonymous with it. So Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes home fifth. Good to hear him back in the booth as well. When we come back, a guy that he found that used to drive for him at Junior Motorsports, Brad Keselowski will join the show, followed by Ryan Newman. It's Chasing Checkers, ESPN, one two five The Game. We are back on Chasing Checkers, ESPN 1025, the game on the Game Nashville app as well. Pleased to be joined by the driver of the number two, and he had probably my favorite paint scheme at Darlington. Brad Kislaski is on the line with us. BK, how are you? Terrific. Thanks for having me on, Chase. Uh, so how fun is it for you guys? And I, I know the race ended at like two in the morning 
It was a late night. But to hear that crowd and to see that crowd and have all these throwback schemes, how fun was Darlington? Uh, you know, NASCAR is like a uh, reunion, Halloween, costume party all in one. Uh, special race for the sport, good chance to reflect back on the past. Dress up, have a little fun, some new fresh paint schemes that are really old. <laughs> and uh, just kind of, you know, enjoy the, the history of our sport, but also run a really challenging race for our fans. So become one of the uh, the marquee weekends for sure. And you, uh, you are, you know, obviously sitting in the spot you're in right now, currently six in the points as you get ready for the cutoff at Indianapolis. But how important is it now? It, you're in a good spot with the wins, but to just go and, and to learn some things as you get ready for the playoffs. Are you going after wins or are you just trying to tweak a few things? Well, you know, the playoffs start in two weeks, so there's there's no kind of resting. You know what I mean? we got to see if we can't get another win, get those bonus points. And I think we'll have a good shot at this week uh, in Indiana. Uh, with the Indianapolis uh, race, the Brickyard. We won it last year, and sure, it's good to win it twice. Yeah, this is kind of where everything began for you last year with the three in a row and uh, starting with Darlington and then, and then Indy. Uh, what is it about this track that this new rules package that you guys have been running that it's it's going to be able to work? They're going to be able to work together, and we're going to see some good racing. Good question. I, I, I want to see it first. Uh, I haven't been on the track with the new rules, so I don't know what it's like. You guys had an opportunity to test, and uh, they probably are, are better indication than I am. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Maybe it'll be uh, really cool. Has has this year been? Uh, you know, and you've had the success, and obviously early on in the season, you've had the success because it seemed like Team Penske was able to to pinpoint this package. But going to different tracks and having so many unknowns each week, and not being able to really look at the notebook and say, okay, well, this worked at Vegas, so it's going to work over here. Has that been frustrating or has it been fun? Well, it's just part of the challenge. I, I wouldn't call it either one. It's a little bit of both at the same time. Uh, but being able to do that, being able to maximize uh, your day, your weekend, your car's you know, performance capabilities, uh, knowing that you have to you know, kind of think on the fly, that's, that's part of the challenge of racing at this level. And one of the most rewarding things about it when you are successful is knowing that you have to overcome it. Talking to Brad Keselowski, the driver of the number two Penske Racing Ford. So uh, as you mentioned, the, the playoffs open in a couple of weeks. Part of uh, your job, I guess, as a driver that's locked into the playoffs, you're going to be watching out for some of the guys that are, are trying to race their way in. Does that add a, a different element when you go into a race knowing that you're in a good spot, but you got to watch guys that are maybe having that checkers or wreckers mentality? Certainly a different dimension. I try not to let myself think about it too much because it can become a distraction, but you'd be uh, lying if you didn't, you know, somewhat pay attention to it and try to stay out of harm's way. With the playoff schedule, it's changed a little bit over the last few years. It's obviously going to be different next year. How do you, do you take it one track at a time or how, how do you go about going into the playoffs? I think you look at the cutoff races and you, you naturally put a lot of emphasis on those in the best you can be, but Try not to get too far over the hood, you know. Got to run one week at a time. And uh, unless you win Martinsville or Texas, uh, you know, there's no free ticket to the end. So you got to earn it every week. So in looking at your bio, I know we've been talking a lot of racing. You have a, a job to do to try and win another championship. But I know you're a fan of, of Madden. Do you, uh, do you get to play much these days? Have you played the new one? I, you know, I've had a lot of fun with it over the years, but – I haven't played this year's yet. Uh, hopefully I'll get to soon. 
and uh, you know, I always enjoy seeing how they make it better each and every year. Do you do you like you know when you have some downtime at the racetrack and you're sitting in the motorhome, you know, in between practices or before the race? Is that a is are video games a way that you can kind of just relax a little bit, or is it just something you do more in the off season? No, I use it to relax. I think it's it's good practice, good hand eye coordination uh, as well. It's just a lot of fun. Well, cool. Well, Brad, hey, best of luck this weekend at Indianapolis. Uh, we'll be watching, and again, favorite paint scheme from from Darlington this weekend. So, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Rusty Wallace, nineteen ninety six. That was a, a cool year, cool scheme, and uh, hopefully, we can uh, park this week's paint scheme in Victor Lane, in Indianapolis. That's the driver of the Penske Racing Ford number two, Brad Keselowski. And now we say hello to Ryan Newman. He is the driver of the number six for Roush Fenway Racing. Ryan, how's it going, my man? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. And, uh, you know, before we get into some racing, I want to ask you a little football question. I mean, Purdue, they play Vanderbilt this weekend, and I know you're a Purdue grad, and uh, you're obviously busy trying to make the playoffs, but uh, do you keep up with the Boilermakers at all? None at all. I couldn't have told you <laughs> what day they played, where they played, and who they played, or anything else. But I guess that's why ESPN takes care of all that stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? It was. A, I had a fifty-fifty shot, and I had to take it. So that's all right. We'll uh, we'll move into the racing conversation. Darlington this past weekend, throwback weekend. Uh, I I love this, and I love what Darlington has done over the past few years with you guys and the throwback schemes. You had uh, the cool Oscar Meyer scheme with the old uh, number six that Mark Martin used to drive. But is it as fun for the drivers to go through all that as it is the fans? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think we all, in some form or fashion, have a appreciation for the history of our sport. And, uh, what Darlington does is really special, uh, just to uh, kind of throw it back and, you know, give tribute to not just the paint schemes, but the people and the teams and the, the eras that um, made our sport. So, um something special that I don't think many other sports actually do. I know you didn't get the finish that you wanted. You had uh, the running with Daniel Suarez and you guys, ironically, the, the racing gods had to do this. You're, you're tied in points fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, have you guys spoken since Darlington or are you just going to wait till the weekend? <laughs> I haven't talked. He, he texted me, but I haven't talked to him. So we'll uh, do one thing at a time. Is that generally how it works if you have a, a run-in with another guy? Do you try – like if it's – let's put you in this position. If it was your fault, then would you reach out or do you just wait till you see each other in the garage? <laughs> Usually when it's your fault, you reach out. Um, but um doesn't mean somebody replies. <laughs> so uh, does it make it uh, – you said what goes around comes around. If if you guys are racing and you're racing for this – Well, it, it, always, it always does. I mean, no matter how you – Dress it. it. What comes around goes around, whether it's intentional or not. Um, what comes around goes around. That's just kind of the law of averages, in my opinion. Well, and look, it's. I know it creates buzz for the fans and stuff, but I, I also know for the drivers, it's it's a business. And the fact that it happened, you uh, you know, it puts you in a tough spot going into Indianapolis this weekend. So now, what is going to be? Is it you got to go win? Is that kind of the mindset? Well, we want to go win. We're here to win. Um, but we also have to keep in mind that we have to finish in front of a couple other guys to, uh, to you know, have a chance at the playoffs. And we've worked 25 and a half races to get to this point. So we better just uh, finish that part of it and then get, you know, getting in process for the next 10 if we're fortunate enough to do so. 
and I've I've been watching you this year, and it seem and I know when I talked to you earlier in the season, it's always tough to go to a new team, and you got to get used to personnel and the setups, and then the rules package and all of that. But it does seem like things are coming together for you. How close do you really feel like this team is to uh, to getting to victory lane, whether it's this weekend or, or here in the future? Um, you know, I think we're we're working and showing a lot of progress. I look forward to going back to some of these racetracks for the second time. You know, we've spent some time here at Darlington, and and we'll go to Indy and you know finally get back on that that process uh, when we go back to Richmond and Vegas and Dover and Charlotte and Kansas and a few other places like that to prove that we did learn a lot our first uh, rodeo together. Um, so I, I think that um, we have a lot of progress that we have made, but we also can show a lot more progress when we hit these racetracks for the second time. And I know Indianapolis is always unique, but and and you probably don't have a clear cut answer for this, but. With this rules package and this setup, do you feel like the racing could be better at Indianapolis, or is it still just an unknown? I think it's an unknown. Um, I think we've struggled more in dirty air than we thought we would with this package, based on what I saw at the um, Xfinity race. What was it last year? The year before, two years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that um, it's kind of a question mark. Um, you know, we've never been um, in the last at least twenty years that I've been around at a racetrack with this much drag and this little of horsepower so um you know I, I i don't know we'll see so this is and you're the perfect guy to ask this to you know from a fan's point of view when i watch the races on tv and clearly it's it's going to be different when you're at the racetrack and i've been to a couple races this year as well i like what i see i, I like the side by side i know it's tough to pass but i've enjoyed the product from the driver's point of view what do you want to see nascar maybe tweak to to give the fans a good show but also you know, to give the drivers what they want as well. We just need more horsepower. Um, we've got to have some power to get ourselves out of predicaments, and um, I believe it'll make the racing better. Um, and I was a big fan of where the cars were versus where they are now. Um, that's just my two cents. Uh, I think that the racing has been more exciting from a fan's perspective, but I also believe that if, as a driver, you're not engaged in the belief that you're doing the best that you possibly can, that doesn't matter what the fans think eventually the truth is going to come out and the drivers have to be you know it's like entertainment right the people on the stage have to be enjoying what they're doing just because they're making good music doesn't mean they're enjoying what they're doing eventually they're going to not want to go back up and be the band anymore so um i think that um that is a big part of what we have to consider yeah i I completely agree with you on that i mean look from my point of view you know i want you guys happy (laughs) because you're you're the ones doing it you're the ones putting on the show. So I, I think that's a, a very good answer and a very honest answer. And I know I appreciate hearing that. So with, with the gen seven car a couple of years away and, and, you know, this rules package and then going into next season, is there a hope that NASCAR will pull you guys, the drivers and you guys can all get in a room and, and continue this momentum? Cause I feel like there is momentum right now. There is momentum and there's always hope, but um, hope doesn't make paychecks and hope doesn't, uh, um, you know, just hope's, hope's just potential, and um, potential has to be worked on to turn in, to develop into something that uh, the fans enjoy and people enjoy and everything else. So, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a lot of work. It's always been a lot of work, and it'll continue to be a lot of work, and um, that's that falls on a lot of people's shoulders, not just the drivers. Well, Ryan, I appreciate the time as always. Best of luck this weekend in Indianapolis. I know uh, you're fighting for that playoff spot, and uh, we'll watch out for you in the 41 as well. All right, thank you. Appreciate 
both Brad Keselowski and Ryan Newman for joining us on this week's show. And uh, two guys that one is, you know, very much in the playoffs, has several wins on the season, and then the other, and Ryan Newman, is racing for a spot. And I think it's going to be an interesting one because you know how racing works. Daniel Suarez and Ryan Newman will probably come in contact at some point with each other on the track, not necessarily physical contact, but they'll be around each other as they race for a spot in the playoffs. When we come back, we'll look at the clinching scenarios in Indianapolis this weekend here on Chasing Checkers, Nashville's best sports talk ESPN, 1025 The Game. We're back, Chasing Checkers, ESPN, 1025 The Game. Streaming on the Game Nashville app on iTunes as well, thegamenashville.com. You can find us on demand every Friday afternoon talking all things NASCAR and auto racing. Excited about Indianapolis this weekend as uh, the this is it. This is the end of the regular season, and you have some drivers that are going to be trying to clinch a spot, whether on points or by winning after Darlington. So... This is uh, what took place last weekend as we look at some clinching scenarios as we wrap up the show. Uh, at Darlington, you had four winless drivers get their spot on points. Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, William Byron, and Eric Almarola. They are good. They are in the playoffs based on points. Kyle Busch also took home the regular season championship, and Eric Jones got in via the win. So, clinch scenarios for these drivers are as follows thanks to nascar.com clint boyer who you heard from in the last segment or a couple of segments ago uh, before we had brad keselowski and ryan newman he would clinch with a win he would clinch on points with a with 48 points and a new winner if there is a repeat winner or a win by kyle larson ryan blaney william byron or eric almarola he would clinch on points by obtaining 46 points so of all these drivers, he's in the best position right now. Daniel Suarez would clinch with a win if there is a repeat winner or a win by Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Eric Almarola, or Clint Boyer. He would clinch on points with 54 points. He could clinch on points with a new winner outside the top 16 in the standings and a little bit of help. So it gets, starts to get a little more difficult for him. Ryan Newman, that you heard from in the last segment, would clinch with a win. If there is a repeat winner, he would clinch on points with 54 points. Could clinch on points with a new winner outside the top 16 and help. So, that's him. Jimmy Johnson would clinch with a win, could clinch on points if he got some help. Anyone else outside of those four must win the race to get into the playoffs. So, what is going to happen? We know that Jimmy Johnson has always run well at Indianapolis. He is he has won there before, but can you really say after the year that you have seen and the performance out of that 48, they've already changed crew chiefs now twice. Chad Knauss moves to the 24 to start the year, and then they ended up making a change in the middle of the year. They've gotten better, but have they gotten good enough to win? You heard Ryan Newman when I asked him if he felt like that his team was in a position to win, that you know it's been a work in progress. They've gotten better, but are they good enough to win? Of the drivers that, that I just named that need the most help, Boyer, Suarez, Newman, Jimmy Johnson, I mean, it's really hard for me to pick one of them to win this race. 
You know, I, I, I mean, William Byron is in has been close. Chad Knaus has the experience at Indianapolis, so he's somebody that you could watch out for. Ryan Blaney, you know, he's still looking for his first one of the year. He is somebody you could watch out for that has run well. But are these drivers good enough to actually find victory lane? Or are we going to see somebody that's already won this year? I tend to lean towards that. The driver that I, I spoke to at the beginning of the last segment, Brad Keselowski, could I see that? Yeah, I could. That would be his fourth win. That would then give you four drivers with four wins on the season. Right now, when you talk about a big three, if there really is one, which I don't think there is, it's the three drivers not named Eric Jones from the Gibbs camp. Kyle Busch has fallen off a little bit. You heard him a few weeks ago say we're getting our butt kicked by our teammates. He finished third last week, was racing hard with Eric Jones. But he needs to be, you know, he, he needs to find that momentum if he's going to take the regular season championship and turn it into the real championship, the one at the end of the playoffs. So I am curious to see how it's all going to shake out. Uh, it, the thing I've loved about this year is the unpredictability. You don't know who's going to win necessarily. And so I kind of feel like that we're back uh, with that theme as we go into Indianapolis. So we'll get you ready for the playoffs next week. When we uh, come back here on Chasing Checkers, that's going to do it for another great week. My thanks to Ryan Newman and Brad Kozlowski for joining the show and all of you for listening. Again, if you miss any of our past episodes, you can check it out online at thegamenashville.com and also subscribe on iTunes. Just search for Chasing Checkers. I'm Chase McCabe. Listen weekdays 10 to 2 on Darren Donick and Chase here on Nashville's Best Sports Talk, ESPN 1025 The Game.